Jersey is the world. Hi everyone, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the world. So psyched to be here bringing it to you. It's our first episode in October. October might be New Jersey's favorite month collectively. As we all know, most New Jerseyans, our four favorite holidays all fall within October. Um, that's a stacked lineup of holidays. I'm, of course, talking about Mischief Night, Cabbage Night, Goosey Night, and Halloween as a distant fourth. Uh, but this is a hell of a month in Jersey, always. I hope people are getting out there. I want to know, where are the good, like, uh, haunted displays and freak shows? Where's the good place where I can go and give somebody a $5 bill and then walk through an abandoned warehouse and a teen in a pig mask attacks me with a chainsaw with no chain on it? Where's that? I need everybody to let me know. Let me know on Twitter and in your comments at the Patreon in the voicemail, 973-780-4660. Where's the places where I can go where you can go see a Halloween display that probably shouldn't have been granted insurance to do the shady stuff they're doing? I need to know where are the best ones. Okay. I mentioned uh, to leave your comments at the Patreon. You, everybody on the Patreon, if you're on the $10 tier, you got uh, our first Halloween episode um, of the year last week. Our Garden State got goots this month. I had a migraine, so I, I couldn't handle the voicemails. And the rest of the gang talked a lot about haunted stuff. And it was a great episode. You're going to want to sign up and check that out. Also, very cool development over uh, at Patreon. Our Patreon's always been small. I think the most we've ever had on there is 530. Right now it's at like 480. It always kind of oscillates somewhere in that range. And I always have thought one of the barriers of entry to signing up is that they charge you on the first, no matter when you sign up. And then there's people who go, well, it's already halfway through the month, so I don't want to sign up on the 19th. And then they charge me again on the first of the next month. They have now finally changed that in a way that I think is smart, which is that whatever day you sign up, that starts your month. And then they charge you that day. So if you sign, if you sign up October 5th, you get charged November 5th, December 5th, etc. There's no longer this thing of, wait, am I am I signing? And people, you know, people play that game. Uh, maybe I won't sign up now. I'll wait. And then they just don't do it. They forget to do it. And I totally get it. I totally understand why. But if you've been thinking about checking out the Patreon, they've now fixed that little glitch and it's doing a lot better. And um, guess what? You can sign up. And there's now so much backstory. There's so many deep dives. There's so many episodes of Gagoots with all the voicemails. There's just a lot of good stuff on there. So many episodes focusing specifically on South Jersey. A lot of great stuff for you to check out. So maybe this is the month where you help us out and you sign up. Because we do this for the love of the game. Uh, big time. But, you know, we've got between 400 and 600 patrons at any time, but I know there's thousands of people listening because I can see those numbers. So maybe this is the month where you sign up and check it out. If you don't like it, you bail. Who cares? Anyway, this week's episode, really fun one. Mike D came up with a game, a simple game, believe it or not. He came up through some facts that the rest of us, we had to decide if they were true or false all focusing in on New Jersey. Some of them we knew, some of them we didn't, many of them we were shocked by. I also have to apologize. You're going to listen and go, Gethard was in a mood this time. I was in a mood. I was just I was just trying to hit three-point shots with the jokes. And also, I went pretty hard at Princeton. And you know what? This is usually the part where I would say, sorry if I offended anybody from Princeton. 
I just don't, I can't ever say that sentence. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Hello, everybody. Chris Gathard here, and welcome to New Jersey is the world. Specifically, welcome to Wotown, where me and a couple buddies I grew up with in West Orange and then spent way too much time in New Brunswick. With, but you know what? We don't really talk. We don't talk so much about that part. We get together. We reminisce about all the good times and the bad times. And we, you know, we don't talk too much about New Brunswick. Nikki Bonaduce, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, Tuesday. I'm alive. It is Tuesday. Always happy to record on a Tuesday. It does. Uh, it's a nice natural segue for me to lead to my uh, caveat, which is that I am currently on duty with the EMT squad in my small Morris County town. If we record on Tuesdays, I'll put it out there. So if you, the listener, hear the blast of a crazy pager going off, it means that I have to run out the door and Nick and Mike will handle the rest of it themselves and or end the episode, depending on what's more logical. Speaking of Mike D., the always logical Mike D. How are you, buddy? I'm good, but I'm still exhausted, which I squarely blame on you because we did stay up till 1.30 in the morning on Sunday night. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I invited myself <laughs> over and then you were, uh, you were watching something. I don't know how much you want to reveal, but I said, I'll come watch that. And we stayed up till 1.30 a.m. And I was falling asleep before I even drove home. As was I. I was falling asleep as we were watching a... a a sporting event. Really? Yes. Yeah. We're both into uh, submission grappling, and they were having uh, this event called the Abu Dhabi Combat Club, which is like kind of the Olympics of submission grappling. And really? Yeah. Mike had it on. I said, I'll come down and watch that. And the super fight was very hyped up, and some of the fights were good, but man, some of them were. It's, it's such a boring sport. It's truly boring, even for as someone who loves it. And it just went on forever. Yeah. If you don't submit... Can the other person like choke you out or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's like the whole point. You would love it. It would be a great way for you to get the Bonaduce rage out. No way. It's like classes where you're allowed to just be Bonaduce and it's an asset. I'd like have completely removed myself from exerting myself when I'm not at work. I hear that. I hear that. Now let's uh, get into this episode. Mike D, you told Nick and I not to even look at the outline on this one. Nick said, yeah, no problem. I had to resist the urge. I usually check in with the outlines. You've designed a game for us, uh, a New Jersey Believe It or Not game. Do you want to explain to the listener how this is going to work? Sure. This is a, a nerdy fact and story-based game. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ripley's Believe It or Not. I think that is one of the greatest storytelling concepts. You tell someone a story or a fact, and then you say, hey, believe it. Or not, and it's up to you, the listener, the viewer, to decide. So, I have put together a list of what I think are interesting, some little-known facts and stories about the state of New Jersey, which I will present to you, and then we can all discuss these and decide whether we believe it or not. Although, in some parts of the discussion, I'll obviously keep myself back because I do know the answer of whether <laughs> whether or not to believe these things. But that's how it's going to go, and I've, I've got a bunch of them. And I think there's three in particular that I think that people will find completely shocking. There was one that I found especially shocking, even though we've done this podcast about New Jersey and have lived here forever. This was something I did not know. Okay, I'm psyched. Yet again, listen, I'm going to pat us on the back. Yet again, finding an innovative way to tell the stories of New Jersey, whether it's through the town seals 
whether it's through believe it or not, or whether it's just like talking shit about mall food courts. We keep finding new angles, baby. They they said it couldn't be done. They said there wasn't that much to say about New Jersey. Turns out you can do a solid year and a half and still keep finding new ways in. I love it. I love it, Mike D. Well done. Haven't even scratched the surface. So I'm gonna start I'm gonna start us off with with a simple one. Cape May, New Jersey is further south than Baltimore, Maryland. Believe it or not. Mickey Bonaduce, what do you say on this one? Oh, God. No. I'm going to say yes. I've always been told that there's portions of New Jersey that are actually south of the Mason-Dixon line. This is true. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes and see what happens. So, in fact, Cape May is further south than Baltimore, Maryland, which kind of blew my mind when I thought about it because I think of Baltimore, you're heading south, but Cape May is, is pretty far, far south down there. Have you, I, um, so that's true. I mean, have you guys driven to Cape May? I have. It takes forever. The parkway has traffic lights on it. <laughs> when I was a kid, I remember going there. And, and I mean, I was young, so you have that, like, are we there yet thing because you're a little kid. But even as a kid, I was like, oh, this is taking forever. This is taking forever. And it's... uh it's kind of miraculous. I mean, you think about how far it takes to get to Atlantic City, and then it's it's another trip beyond that from North Jersey. It's uh, it's crazy. Okay, I got I got one. I, I like that. It is a uh, it is weird to think of it being further south than the entire state of Delaware. Yeah, right. Because if you're driving south on 95, that means you get all the way through Delaware and a big chunk of Maryland. And if you was if you were to just take a boat left, you'd hit Jersey. It's amazing, right? And this one really kind of twisted my head a little bit because, in my mind, Baltimore is practically Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's way down there. I don't think the Virginians would be happy about. Oh, they don't want to claim Baltimore. I don't think so. I think they're. You got the whole Delmarva thing. You got that whole Delmarva uh, mashup of like. San sanity. Plus, I think West Virginia's mad. Uh, Virginia's mad because of West Virginia. Are they still mad that West Virginia broke off? Probably, or they might be happy. They probably would have been happier if they uh, called themselves different. Okay, Mike T. Where do we want to go? Okay, let's 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 dive into a food one. New Jersey residents consume more Taylor ham than people in Massachusetts consume clams and people in Maine consume lobsters. And this measurement is by poundage. Man. Believe it or not. So is Maine for lobsters? Massachusetts for clams. I never thought of Massachusetts for clams. <laughs> I can't imagine we're eating more. Here's, does this count for tourist consumption as well? I'm going... Yeah, what do you think? Because you know what I mean? Tourists don't know about Taylor ham. They'd also be disgusted by it, whereas there's people who travel to Maine to have lobsters. Yes. So I'm, I'm imagining that this one is false because I can't believe I can't imagine Taylor Ham is out doing lobster consumption. Just if we're just going by sheer volume, I can't imagine it. Is it just the residents of that state, or is it overall? It's the total amount of Taylor Ham lobster or clams consumed in total in each of those within the borders of that state. So it would include tourists as well. Oh man. And I'm going to say no. I, I'm going to say Taylor Ham is, is, is locals only. You know what I mean? Taylor Ham is like, 
the surfers who know the wave spot and chase off the others. Like most tourists aren't coming here to seek out Taylor ham. And like I said, most of them would look at it and rightfully run in the other direction because it's disgusting. It's a visibly disgusting thing <laughs> that you shouldn't put in your body. And they're right and more power to them, but people travel to Maine for the lobsters. So I, I got to imagine that, uh, that this one's false. Well, the only reason I wouldn't think that is that uh, lobster is sort of seasonal and pork rolls all year, mm-hmm. and people have it every single morning. It's true. But those people also die young. <laughs> those people die young. Mm. Like the people having pork roll every single morning, they don't live into their 60s. They die in their 50s. So then the overall consumption mm. over time- Well, lobster is not that good for you either. You put butter all over it. Yeah, but I mean, at least it's like, it's actual protein. I feel like- High in cholesterol- Gives you the gout. I would love to see who the food scientists are who have to test the actual, like when you're breaking down the chemicals, like, uh, you know, on the, on the nutrition label on the back of, of Taylor ham, it's like, here's the carbs, here's the nitrates, here's the different vitamins. I would love to know what those people are finding. They must wear hazmat suits. <laughs> the clothes they met wear after they analyzed Taylor ham must get destroyed in an incinerator. Somewhere there's like a, a laboratory where half the tables have just been like eaten away by, by Taylor ham chemicals from testing. I like, I feel like, uh, like pork rolls, not as bad as other bad meats, like beef jerky or like not beef jerky, but like Slim Jim, stuff like that. The weird sausage and cheese thing you can buy. I don't know. I, I think it's Scrapple and Taylor ham are the bottom of the barrel. Those to me seem like the worst meat. Spam, they're down there with spam. Like these things that are Scrapple's never been as popular as uh, as pork roll, though. I think. Yeah, I don't think so either, man. Scrap, I've never had scrap. Nick, have you had scrapple? You strike me as a guy who's had scrapple in your life. I was married to somebody who ate scrapple and stunk up our house with it and put ketchup all over it. How does it stack up to Taylor Ham? It's fucking terrible. <laughs> so apparently. More people, more Taylor ham is not consumed in New Jersey than there are clams in Massachusetts, nor lobsters in Maine. So while we are good on our Taylor ham consumption, we do not beat those New England states on consumption of their favorite food. Yeah, I I stand by the fact it's only that, you know, the only reason is that their favorite foods are edible and people can sense that. And then they look at our favorite food and they, most normal human beings look at that and go, keep that away from my body and my family, you know, don't put that near me. Plus like the whole country knows about lobster from Maine, right? Not everybody's like, maybe more recently people are like, oh yeah, New Jersey has that pork roll thing. Yeah. I I think it is. uh, That's the other thing too. Like people have, people have lobster. There's lobsters in Kansas and Iowa. So people are eating them from supermarkets, you know, from Maine or frozen and shipped exactly from Maine. And then they go, and now I'm in Maine and I get to have this thing. I know I like completely fresh. They've never seen Taylor ham. It's not like there's some bootleg middle of the country, Taylor ham <laughs> that they're going, I can't wait to get out to Jersey to get the fresh stuff. It's, it's literally a log full of poison and nitrates. Like they're not, <laughs> I think the closest thing that people might eat regularly is like Canadian bacon. Even that, it gets compared to it, I think, mostly because of the shape, but... Yeah, that's it. They're not the most similar consistency or or taste. Uh, 
I definitely don't like Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon is a real meat. Taylor ham is like a borderline gelatinous ooze, you know? It's a different thing. Are you, are you pork roll bashing? I love how you and I just keep going back and forth and I say Taylor M and you say pork roll and there's quiet tension, but we're proving that we can all get along. I do it to reduce tension where I, wherever I am. I think that's probably what you're known for historically. Ever since I knew you in high school, I said, Nikki Bonaduce, that's that guy who goes around reducing <laughs> tension, right? That's that you know, this is the new improved Bonaduce. <laughs> Ever since I was 13 years old, I'm like, oh, Nikki Bonaduce, that's that guy where if there's a situation close to a tipping point, he's the one who doesn't push it completely over the line. That's when Bonaduce comes out <laughs> and Nick no longer has control. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm just lucky that Bonaduce. Do you want me to get to this? Do you want me to try and ask Bonaduce to come out? No, that's the last thing we need on one of these days. It's only I'm just, Tuesday. Historically, night. I've just always been lucky that Nick always liked me. But there is a thing where not everybody that Nick likes is someone Bonaduce likes. Sometimes Bonaduce comes out and doesn't like the same people that Nick likes. I was always lucky because Nick liked me as a youth, and then Bonaduce viewed me as like a. Bonaduce loved you. Bonaduce loved me and protect. Bonaduce viewed himself as my personal protector and superhero in high school. I think Bonaduce um, really like related to you. I think yeah, he saw that scrawny little freshman twerp, and he said, "Inside, despite the fact that I am an incredible Hulk-like figure, inside I know how this small boy feels." And I think there was a connection there. Well, you know what? I think everybody needs a Bonaduce because. Um, he was the he was the one that would do the things that I wouldn't I do. It gave me the Listen. and gave me the confidence to. Uh, if there's one thing that I would wish upon everybody else out there in high school struggling in the same ways I was, it was may you all have a guardian angel who is an enraged cartoon Greek man who goes into <laughs> rages that you only see from him and on television, and that's it. To this day, I still can't uh, still can't stand bullies. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, Mike D, what's our next believe it or not? I believe it. Okay, we're we're managing to logic our way through these thus far. Did I like answer that even? I think we were on the same page. I th I think we got it correct. I think we're two for two. I think I went with, with I think I went with pork roll. Yeah. I really thought pork roll was eaten more. Uh, I went I I solidly found the logic in that one. Okay, what's up next, Mike D? The largest hot dog ever made was stuffed and cooked in Bayonne, New Jersey. At 686 feet long. Believe it or not. Holy crap. Ooh, now, see, I was going to immediately say, like, yeah, it seems like the biggest hot dog ever would be made in Bayonne, but 686 feet. There's, like, some mad butcher. <laughs> the butcher of Bayonne. Like thousands of pig intestines weave together. This only furthers my theory that Bayonne is a, is a, the portion of the state that the rest of us have no idea what's happening at any given time. They don't want you to see the giant hot dog when you visit. That's why they keep people out. Because there's a part of me that's like maybe they did it to like break a world record for charity or something like that or to get attention on something. But then there's also a part of me that's like these fucking psychos in Bayonne just might make 600 foot long hot dogs and we don't know about it. You know, they might just do that. That might just be like school a cultural lunch. thing. That might just be Bayonne. Might just be like, okay, we've got like X amount of students in schools buying lunch. So for hot dog day, we'll make one big six hundred foot hot dog, and then kids can just line up and eat from the end, and until they're not hungry, and then whoever meets in the middle and lady and lady in the tramp suit wins a prize. Ugh. 
Monday is macaroni and cheese in the cafeteria. Tuesday is the 686-foot hot dog. Yeah. Friday will be pizza day. Yeah. Thursday is kumite. <laughs> Every school had like several hundred pounds of frozen hot dogs for the entire school year after that. Is it like, I wonder if it's tied to like a cultural group that was in Bayonne, like German. I could see it. I could see it. Hot dog means schnitzel makers. Yeah, I'm going to vote yes. I'm going to vote yes on this one, Mike D. What do you say, Bonaduce? (sighs) Believe it or not. I don't think I've gotten one right. I'm going to go yes, just because it's Bayonne. So... This did not happen in Bayonne, but what? it did happen in Paraguay. People did come together and create a 686-foot hot dog, yes. See, that's a trick question, though, because everybody knows that Paraguay is the Bayonne of South America. That's a well-known <laughs> thing. People have been saying that forever. How did hot dogs even get to Paraguay? <laughs> that's what, when you land in Paraguay, it says, welcome to the Bayonne of South America. That's strange. Well, the 686-foot hot dog was actually an experimental missile that we launched at Fidel Castro, <laughs> and we overshot Cuba, and it just landed in Paraguay. That's what happened, clearly. They covered it in like a... A, a Thuman's meat casing in order to evade radar. That's like a well-known uh, technology hack. Mm-hmm. What do you think they put on their hot dogs in uh, Paraguay? That Rutz Hut relish. They got. I wonder if they got that Rutz Hut relish. You ever have that? Yes. That's that relish is something special. Man. I have mixed feelings. I got really say. about the relish. I I put it on it all the time. I finally learned like if it's the bottom of like the thing, you have to ask for fresh ones because. I always feel like, oh, how many people have dug into here and yeah. put this on their hot dog? Look, though, the relish at Rutz Hut, that's the most honest food item in New Jersey. Because it's the only food item I know that looks exactly the same coming out as it, as it looks going in. <laughs> that relish, it doesn't change. It goes through your entire system. Nothing about it changes. Most relish doesn't. I don't know. It's the skin. Your body can't digest it. That in particular, though, it's... Uh, is that a pork hot dog or a beef hot dog? At Rutz Hut? Yeah, at Rutz Hut. I think it's got to be pork. I would be shocked if it wasn't pork. I think that's why it splits so good when you get a ripper. Mm-hmm. I miss those. I do miss the, I got to say, I don't miss all, all kinds of meat, but man, it really... <sighs> Rutz Hut, Taylor Ham, Jimmy Buffs. Some, it's like, I wonder if I'm ever going to meet eat meat again because I'll be just driving by Rutz Hut. I'll be on Route 3 by myself. I'll be like, ah, oh, if I cut behind this Barnes & Noble, I can taste Rats Hut one last time. Maybe I'll just go get a ripper and nobody needs to know about it. It's one final ripper. And then I'll instantly have a heart attack and die, and that's how they'll find me. They'll be like... And all they're going to find is a pile... Just, they're just going to find a pile of relish. Your, cl- your empty clothing and a pile of relish is all that's left. What if me going vegetarian was just the longest suicide plan of all time? Of like, I'm not going to eat meat for 10 years and then I'm going to shotgun three rippers <laughs> so my heart just is like, what the fuck are you doing? And then gives up right there. I, I remember I was talking to, uh, talking to Franny, talking to Franimal, and he was like vegetarian, vegan for a while. And he said, one day... He didn't know what happened, but he's like, he just wanted a hot dog. And that was it. Yeah. He ate meat again after that. It's true. He, I think he had a hot dog at a Phillies game. And I believe after the Phillies game, he immediately went and got a Philly cheesesteak. Oh my God. The same day. I if you're going to do it, go go big, man. Go big. Go he big. always had a cast iron stomach, so. Yeah, not like not like the rest of us. You tricked us on that one, Mike D. You did trick us on that one. Yeah, that's tough. What's our next uh, New Jersey Believe It or Not? New Jersey grows more eggplant than anywhere else in the world. 
believe it or not. No way. Not. No way. We would have heard about this. This is true. No. No. This is true. Wait, you're saying New Jersey is the world's biggest producer of eggplants and none of us are talking about this? Yes. How come we're talking about like, oh, there's actually more blueberries than cranberries? Like that, we talk about that. We, we talk about corn, we talk about tomatoes. Eggplant was the shocker to me. New Jersey is actually the largest or one of the largest producers of a whole bunch of all different kinds of produce, like spinach and all this stuff. But eggplant was like, this is the eggplant capital of the world. Holy cow. Where are we growing all these eggplants? South Jersey. Like, is that a thing that Andrea is just going to know? Like, yeah, South Jersey's completely covered in uh, eggplants. She probably grew up with an eggplant uh, farmer. Andrea said on one of the shows that on Halloween, instead of going to find the great pumpkin, they would all go to an eggplant patch and wait for the great eggplant to appear. This is nuts right here, It's the man. eggplant jack-o'-lantern. I just Googled New Jersey eggplant, and it comes up left and right. The number one eggplant producer in the United States, eggplant capital of the world, is New Jersey. See? What? I wouldn't, I wouldn't steer us wrong on this podcast. <laughs> why isn't that, like, publicized more? We got to spread word on this. This is why, this is clearly... I think people would be proud of that. I'm proud of it. This whole time we've been doing this podcast, I've been going, what's this really for? What's this really about? We get our laughs in. We talk about Jersey. But why did we really invent it? I think clearly today, the reason we started this podcast was we could be the ones to spread word. Apparently, we're crushing the eggplant game in this state. Well, we're also crushing the eggplant cooking game. Oh, eggplant parm. Well, I mean, eggplant parm. Rollatini. My my favorite, though, is not, not eggplant parm. It's a, a sub with cooked breaded eggplant, a little regatta, and broccoli rob that is the oh yeah that is my, my number one sandwich dude the first time i met bagels by jared friend of the show this fucking guy he did that event at the high lawn i think carson you came to that right i forget i know dan amon was there a couple of my friends from montclair and bloomfield came up he gave me, I told him I'm vegetarian. He was like handing out, it was a charity event. He was handing out all this meat and stuff. I said, I'm vegetarian. He gave me this sandwich where it had the most thin breaded fried eggplant. And he layered it up with some salad on this homemade sesame bread. And that's probably the best sandwich I've ever had. Like when I was a kid growing up, we always had, it was like an afternoon treat. My, my grandmother would fry eggplant. So from the time we went to the store... I was always schooled in how to buy an eggplant. Like you look at the bottom of it, you don't buy an eggplant with a round thing. You buy a buy one with a line on it. Mm-hmm. Then you take it home and slice it real thin. Some people peel it, some people don't, blah, 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 whatever. But you got to get the bitterness out. That's the thing about it. If you don't get the bitterness out, or and there's different ways. Some people put it in milk before they fry it. They bread it or whatever, salt. egg it. Some people are yep. a little salt, whatever. Real simple. There's nothing better. And you can have it out cool on the counter. And then you just like pick up a piece of like thin fried eggplant. And it's delicious. Listen, that story's beautiful. Hearing this idea that it's this vegetable that's great as long as you can get the bitterness out. That's the most New Jersey thing I've ever heard. How is this not the state vegetable? This has to be the state vegetable of New Jersey. That's all the people of New Jersey, too. Greatest people in the world, if you could push past the bitterness. Do we have a state vegetable? I'm I'm sure we must. Tomato? 
That's a fruit, though. We got to change the state constitution. I'm already on record about this. That preamble has got to be punched up. And we also got to get some recognition for the plan here. You get the bitterness out to get to the real joy? That's growing up in Essex County. Mighty fact checker, I got a question. What's the growing season for eggplant that we produce that much? I think it's a summer. Right? It's an early spring you plant it. and we'll look up a few things here. August and September is prime eggplant season. Yep. That's harvest. The tomato is the state vegetable of New Jersey. It's a fruit. <laughs> Our state vegetable is a fruit? No, the state fruit needs to be tomato. State vegetable needs to be eggplant. What are we doing here? Constantly fucking everything up and embarrassing ourselves in this state. We need to get the Honorable Governor Phil Murphy on the line, Chris, and make our pitch that the eggplant should actually be the state vegetable because our state vegetable is currently a fruit. I think that's a valid concern as a constituent. I'm reading that it takes 100 to 120 days for eggplants to mature. And they can be harvested in July, August, and September, and occasionally even to October. So that's a four-month harvest season right there. Three months growth, Hmm. three to four months growth, four months harvest. Who knew that South Jersey was producing so many eggplants? We got to call up our buddy Phil Murphy and say, Phil, I know that you're thinking about being president, and I get it. But before you go, we need a couple favors. Let's clean up all the God shit and all the misogynistic language in the preamble to the Constitution. State fruit tomato state vegetable eggplant we can fix this now i'm going to see if we have an existing state fruit that needs to go we have to right i bet you it's an apple clearly we're beholden to big tomato in new jersey and that's how they got to be the state fruit. oh uh, that is a problem state fruits the blueberry and it's hard to argue with that oh that's good yeah no no beef with that okay so state fruit remains blueberry state vegetable is eggplant State, nobody's been sure if it's a fruit or a vegetable, is tomato. State, we all in the 80s and early 90s thought it was a vegetable, and then sometime around 1996, they said, no, it's a fruit. Tomato, right? We can all agree that tomato was a vegetable for most of our childhood, and then one day they just said it was a fruit, right? Who said that? I still consider it a vegetable, yeah. I know technically it's biologically it's not, but... That's all, it's like a biological definition of a thing? That's not a fruit. You know, it's weird, though. In the supermarket, they kind of keep it separate from everything else. That's huh. true. Tomatoes have their own area. True. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes there's garlic by them, but that's it. You ready for another another teaser? Absolutely. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This is going to be a tough one. In the DC Comics universe. Yeah. Oh, I'm done. Gotham City is actually located in Cumberland County, New Jersey. Believe it or not. Uh... I don't think that's true. No. Although I know... That's just insane if it's true. Well, there's... <laughs> you guys are the comic guys. Come on. If I remember, so so Dick Grayson, because I'm not a DC guy, I'm a Marvel guy, but if I remember, right, the original Robin, he grows up, he becomes Nighthawk, <laughs> right? Wasn't that his name? And he's in like their analog to Nork. It was like... Gotham City's New York, and then there's another city he's in. I think he became Nightwing. Nightwing, that's right? what it was. Nightwing. Yeah. yeah. I'm embarrassed that I just corrected you on like an obscure DC comic. If there's anything that I'm okay with, it's the fact that I don't know that much about DC comics, man. They were hot garbage when I was growing up, okay? Mar- Marvel all day. I only knew that because I knew the original Nighthawks when I worked at McDonald's. So okay. that's the only reason I knew fair, that. Fair, fair. So he became Nightwing, and I think he, I think that city is supposed to be their Jersey analog, if I remember right, but I might be wrong on that. 
So I don't think Gotham City is supposed to be in Cumberland County, New Jersey. If it is, I'm going to lose my shit. In fact, it is, and I have just dropped a map into the chat yeah, with a scan of a comic book to prove this. What? Mighty, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> What'd they do? Just like plant a city in some farm fields or something? I think we can claim Gotham City as New Jersey now. Hold on. Hold on. I think this is actually groundbreaking information for people. The, okay, so the Joker movie was filmed in Newark. That's nuts. The metropolitan area is modeled after Bridgeton, New Jersey? Whoa. Yeah. According to the book Atlas of the DC Universe, released in 1990 to accompany a DC Heroes role-playing game, Gotham is located in the southern part of the state down in Cumberland County. Yeah. Out of here. And they show a comic book panel what? which clearly shows... It shows Delaware, New York, New Jersey. Look. It even has a cutout of Baltimore and shows exactly where Gotham City is. And it is clearly located in Cumberland County. And Cape May is south of Baltimore. They even, they even show a bridge. Yes, and Cape May is south. So I'm proving two, two believe it or nots with one. Hold on. Mike, can you do me a favor from now on? Whenever you say believe it or not, you have to say it in Charlton Heston's believe it voice. Or not. Metropolis is in Delaware? Believe it. Believe it. Or not. Or not, Chris. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. Do people know what Believe It or Not is anymore? Because we were like in that uh, that time period when it was on, like on the weekends, whatever. If people don't know, it was, a, it was basically what we're doing now, except the TV version. They would show you clips or talk about things that happened that could or could not or reenact or reenact poorly reenact and then they would let the viewer decide whether to believe it or not and i love that show and i think it was on either before or after unsolved mysteries yes another great show that one's nuts i mean that's rare that i have to actually stop participating so i can read an entire article that's insane man the map is clutch though gotham city is in Cumberland County, New Jersey. So another shout, shout out to South Jersey. You knew that one was going to rock my fucking shit, right? You knew that. I did. That was that was why I included it. I knew you would especially... I have a headache. <laughs> I hope my pager doesn't go up for the ambulance because I don't even know if I can drive safely right now. This is fucking my whole shit up, man. <laughs> it's not a surprise because if you look really closely at Batman's utility belt, you can see a small jug of boost syrup attached there. It never really gets much play, but it's definitely clearly visible on his utility belt. <laughs> Just in case he gets tired. <laughs> I heard Batman calls it pork roll. <laughs> Batman calls it pork roll. <laughs> He's firmly in pork roll country. He just drinks boost, undiluted boost concentrate syrup, and then he overcomes all his foes. Oh, God. <laughs> that might explain some of his behavior. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Blowing my mind, Mike D. What else are we thinking here? Okay. Many, we're, we're all familiar. I think probably most listeners are familiar with the story of the Westfield Watcher, so we won't go into that. Yeah. But... The Westfield Watcher House isn't the creepiest house in Westfield. Believe it or not. Well, are we talking still standing houses? Yes. Okay, so you're not talking about the John List murder house. Like scary just because of the Watcher or scary because you go in there and there's like rats I would say running around? And it, has its, it has more creepy lore attached to it than the Westfield Watcher house. If, if this house were to exist. The John List murder house has been demolished. 
Yes, this is not the John List murder house. This is a, a this is a cheerful, creepy house. No, this has to be. I would know about this from my weird New Jersey days. Also, we got to say this: there's going to be a Westfield Watcher show, I think, on Netflix. Okay, did I audition for the show? Yes. Did I get a part? No. Fuck them. Oh. How are you going to have a Westfield Watcher show? And I live like 20 minutes from Westfield. And I don't get, I'm like, just make me like a barista. I'll be a background actor in that. I got to be in the Westfield Watcher show. I'm a, I'm a Screen Actors Guild union member since 2005, 2006. All I care about is fucked up shit in New Jersey. I don't get a little part in the Westfield Watcher show. This, I'm not somebody who ever wants anything handed to me, but I deserved that. And they should have handed that one to me. Do you have like a business agent? Did somebody out of the area get the job over you that you could fight because you're in the local here? Oh, uh, I can't wait to watch and see what dickhead from LA they imported. Who's uh, trying to summon some Jersey stuff. No. Yeah. My agents really did go to, they were like, please put he All he wants is to be in this show, but the casting director just couldn't. Couldn't figure out how to make it happen, man. But I'm so bummed I'm not in the Westfield Watcher show. Uh, I feel like if there was a creepier house in Westfield than the Watcher house, I feel like I would know about it. I think this one is not true. Nikki Bonaduce, what's your vote? Hmm. I'm going to say yes, there's a creepier house. Because I don't think the Westfield Watcher house is that creepy because it's like a nice house. The only thing creepy about that house is the property taxes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, actually... It is true. What house is more fucked up in Westfield? So who is the most famous resident of Westfield? John List, right? Charles Adams. Oh, the Adams family house. Well done. Well done. The Adams family house is in Westfield. And I would say- Get Pound out of here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really cool looking, but it's exactly the same creepy house from all the comics. And that is in Westfield. Well done. So I would say that has more creepy lore to it, so- very slick. I'm not making this one easy. I see what you did. That's cool. Yeah, you scored, man. I got one right. You, uh, yeah, that that was well done, Mike T. There's not a competition for you this made one. Made my is brain there? think the wrong way on that. <laughs> if I had taken a deep breath, I know what you're talking about, and I should have done better. I fucked up. I'm a loser, and I deserve all the bad things that happened to me in life. Please. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, I got another one that I think might the Princeton Dinky was robbed by cowboys. This has to be true. Nick's laughing. Nick just doubled over laughing at just the setup. (laughs) Just the setup. Because I should learn my lesson by now. Because Mike's trying to get us every time. No, it has to be true. Because I don't know many fans of... Listen, who's a bigger fan of the Princeton Dinky than Mike D? I am. He has a special fondness for the Princeton Dinky. I know, that's why. I I don't feel like he'd tell us an untrue thing about the Princeton Dinky. I think... This is the only way it would be true. The story about the Dinky is that it probably came from out west somewhere and came here. So when it was out there, it got robbed by a cowboy. Like it was a train car that we had transported here. It has to be true. Exactly. Mike D, what's going on here? It is true. And for people who don't know, the Princeton Dinky is a tiny little train running from Princeton to Princeton University, which, yes, I am obsessed with and often bring up on the show because it's such a strange thing to exist. In 1963, a group of Princeton students dressed up as cowboys and robbed the Princeton Dinky as a prank. Whoa. And this was apparently a huge thing that happened, and people were scared, and it became like a pretty major incident like from a college prank. Did they actually take people's belongings, or was it like a... 
It seemed that they did take belongings as part of this prank. Whoa. Information, I wish there was more information on this, so if anyone out there was involved in robbing the dinky, please get in touch because I would love to talk to you about this. If your parents were involved in uh, robbing it. I'm going to put something out there that I just thought of during this episode, right? Like we all know that there's a natural um, rivalry between Rutgers and Princeton. They, we, there's a real dislike between those two student bodies, you know, stealing the cannon back and forth. Um, I know that I had some run-ins with Princeton students back in my Rutgers days. I don't know how the Rutgers... <laughs> student body hasn't embraced the idea of referring to Princeton students as dinkies. It's such a degrading nickname. Why are we not calling all Princeton students dinkies? You're just a little dinky. Get the fuck out of New Brunswick, you dinky. Go back to your eating club. Come look at our real train. You're trying to slum it tonight at the grease trucks, you fucking dinky. Take it back down Route 1, asshole. How is that not? Oh, related to this. Yeah. This is, uh, to me, equal to the West Orange Livingston thing. Rutgers is always pissed off at Princeton and West Orange always pissed off at Livingston and they don't give a neither shit. Princeton or Livingston give a shit at all and that only infuriates us more the amount of people I met in Livingston who grew up and aren't aware that we have a blood feud with them it only makes me matter they literally don't know or care that we're all stewing in anger at them I don't even think how are we Princeton knows Rutgers exists that 20 miles north of it they're like it's that shanty state school dude <laughs> Somebody crosses through town. Like some Princeton guy's car breaks down on Hamilton Street and you just see a bunch of fucking like methed out fucking punk rockers who haven't slept in four days surround the car and they're like, looks like we got ourselves a little dinky tonight, boys. I think there should be a tradition where every year a bunch of either former or current Rucker students go to Princeton break into the equestrian stable, steal horses, and rob the dinky on horseback each year. I think that would be a great tradition. The problem is Rutgers students are not smart enough to get away with it. They'll get caught every time. Nor can anyone ride a horse. No. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers students can't ride horses. Princeton students can. Yes. I think, I think there should be an annual polo match where the Princeton students ride horses and the Rutgers students all ride mopeds. Oh, I think that would be... We'd lose so bad. I think that would be a very accurate summation <laughs> of the relationship between the two schools. I'd love that. We're just going to bring back the neighborhood game of uh, gang war. Yeah, it's Princeton. Oh. Pr- <laughs> then we might have a chance. Yeah, Princeton, New Brunswick gang war. Every year on November 1st on All Souls Day. Oh, that would be great. And it takes it takes place on top of the dinky as it's going, like in an old cowboy movie. And you're out of the game when you get knocked off the roof of the car. That'll be the final battle. A fighting tournament? Be- oh, my God. Fighting tournament between Rutgers and Princeton kids on top, of, on top of the Northeast Corridor train? Final round on top of the dinky? Final round. I love it. I, I was shocked to find out that the dinky was was robbed by cowboys, and that made me very, very happy, I have to say. And how'd that come up? Like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. Let's, after we have this fancy dinner... I've got a bunch of cowboy hats. And socialize and drink martinis. I've come into possession of a number of cowboy hats, and I was thinking it might be hilarious. I've been doing my thesis on... Uh, if we... Um, the Western United States and uh, the development of the railroad... And this uh, scourge of train robberies. I was thinking maybe. These are the chaps that my father wore when he rode up San Juan Hill. <laughs> we'll go ahead and we'll all put on cowboy hats and we'll rob the dinky. It'll be 
part Ocean's Eleven, part Improv Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make sure we take their things and write down their addresses and return them to them afterwards. We'll all rob people. It'll make our little rich dicks hard, and then we'll go sleep it off. (laughs) We'll go sleep with boners tonight, boys. It'll make all of our uncircumcised dicks hard. And we'll just go sleep with rock hard dicks in our queen size Princeton beds. Don't, every, every Princeton dorm room has a queen size bed. We'll just get our little uncircumcised dicks hard and we'll sleep with our rock hard dicks when we r- rob the people who take public transportation. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down, actually. That was in the article. It was, you know, I don't even, if I start going down this stream of consciousness, it's going to get ugly. I'm going to also just put it out here. I'm clearly in a weird mood tonight, but I think it's leading to some funny lines. So I'm okay with it, but I am aware that I'm slightly unhinged. No, not when it comes to Princeton. It, oh, Princeton's always driven me nuts. Ever since that, ever since I almost fucking fought that kid there freshman year college. That's the craziest story I ever heard. Thank God you didn't tell yeah, me because I, I probably would have gone down you there with still, you. Well, I was a freshman, so had you arrived, you were on campus when I was a freshman, right? Yeah, that's when I like came back from West Virginia. Yeah, I don't know. That was me and my buddy Jeff and my friend Andy, and uh, I forget how Andy lived across the hall from me. I forget how Jeff was involved, but Andy was the one who had a car. That guy had been like antagonizing you he for was, a long time, it was, it, dude. So yeah, it was like it was like he was. That's what it was. Jeff went to high school with this kid who went to Princeton. That's what it was. This kid, Rob, really nice guy. And, and the dude who fucked with me, he was friends with Rob and it was, it was a long convoluted story, but he just arbitrarily got my name off a fucking computer screen. And, uh, Rob tried to warn me. So we took a little ride down there. So that, that's right. Jeff came along to say what's up to Rob. And then it just got so out of control so fast. It was like, we were like, and the kid had no idea. No, dude. I mean, because he, this was back in the AOL Instant Messenger days, so nobody had their real name. So my name was Framsky, and I was in his fucking bedroom, Nick. Like we were in his bedroom. We showed up and like looking for Rob. He's like, Rob's not here, and uh, and yeah, we waited in his room. And but the fucking thing that finally got me because we were like, you know, like sixty percent joking around. And like, we'll go fuck with this kid and, but we're really going to go say what's up to Rob and we're bored. So it was like 60% joking, 40% like this guy's an asshole. But then he was such a fucking asshole in person before he realized what was happening. And we said we were Rob's friends from Rutgers and he told us to sit on the floor, man. I'll never forget. He's like, you guys want to just like sit on the floor and wait or it's like, motherfucker, you got a bed. I'll sit on the edge of the fucking bed. You got like a fucking chair in your giant ass dorm room. I'll sit in the chair. So, uh, but it made me so mad. I was like, I'm going to sit wherever I want. And he goes, what's your name? I go, my name's Framsky, you motherfucker. (gasps) And it got so real so fast. Like he went white as a ghost and uh, I, he, he, I remember he's like, what are your friends' names? What are their names? I'm like, their name is Framsky too, you fucking piece of shit. And dude, Nick, there's like a part of me that, that's like, you would have been so proud of me back then because he tried to fucking bully me. And I'll never forget, I, the, probably the scariest thing I've ever said to another human being. I'm in this Princeton dorm room getting in this guy's face and I'm just going, I'm in your house, motherfucker. I'm like, I'm in your house. I, I'm, I'm going, you don't even know my real name. And I made it into your fucking house. And he was like getting like 
he was like starting to cry. He was getting like a little scared and choked up. And uh, he pushed me. He was like, you got to go. And he pushed me. And I turned around to Jeff and I was like, Framsky locked the door. And Jeff was like, we got to fucking go, man. Like, the fuck are you doing right now? We got to go. And the spell broke. And I was like, oh shit. We just ran. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. You talk about Bonaduce. Oh, I got it in me. There's a reason Bonaduce and Little Geth were friends. You said you see Little Geth and Bonaduce. But you're like, we all know there's some Bonaduce and Little Geth. No, I think it's a way scarier kind of like a reactionary anger. I had some real fucking rage. I had some real rage. Just make sure you never carry a weapon, okay? No, and listen, I've grown up a lot and I've chilled out a lot and I've been through a lot of mental health treatment to unwrap sure, the anger. Sure, sure. But it was very real back then and that fucking Princeton dude saw it that night. And hey, everybody, if you want to know the full story, pick up my book from back in the day, A Bad Idea I'm About to Do, where I write about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that fucking dude, that fucking night. That was... The problem is I love Princeton. Like, I love the town. Like Hoagie Haven? I got no problem with Hoagie Haven. Fake grease trucks, but it's good. Not me. I won't <laughs> set foot in that town. Yeah, dude. I mean, I can't imagine what you would think. I, I ride the dinky and don't get off. Let's ride it back. <laughs> I ride the dinky and don't get off. That's what Princeton girls say about Princeton guys. <laughs> So that was probably when the dinky had like a longer run instead of just like it was fully on track. So like before, besides now that it's like a... Yeah, I think it was when it actually was like a point to point, like, yeah, thing, you know. Because you need time if you're going to rob that like a cowboy. It doesn't happen instantly. God, it takes a little time to get on there. My mind instantly flashes back to like uh, Animal House when... Like the uh, the socias are they're with their girlfriend and they're in the car and like he has the rubber glove on and the whole weirdo thing. I, I believe that's like what's happening at yeah, man. Princeton. All right, Mike D. I could rage about Princeton all night, but what's our uh, what's our next? Believe it or not. So, the Global Society of Engineers has voted that the most poorly constructed bridge in the world is in New Jersey, the Driscoll Bridge. Believe it or not. This is a Nick answer. The current Driscoll Bridge? The current Driscoll Bridge. I wonder. Oh, geez. I could actually tell you stories about the current drive you're, the current bridge you're driving over and and why every single expansion joint you hit is like don't 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 specifically. Um I know I know somebody fell off that bridge and died. Oh boy. Landed on a Jersey barrier on like literally my buddy was on the ground when he landed like 10 feet away from him. <sighs> but anyway, um, I don't know if it's the worst bridge. That's a... There's other bridges that have collapsed in other states. <laughs> Come on, we can't, we can't predict the future. <laughs> those are like the... Those are the original peers out there too. Uh, I, I don't believe it. I can't imagine it's true. The whole world. There have to be some bridges in, in some countries with real bad infrastructure. That are worse. So it it is not true, but the Driscoll Bridge is actually the widest bridge by lanes in the world, which I found fascinating. Really? Oh, I believe that. Yeah, I love that. Extra wide. I love that. So I was trying to trick you guys, but I couldn't. I didn't. Couldn't make it. You know, it's such a clusterfuck. You know, the speed limit is fifty five southbound, but it's forty five northbound. Why? I don't know. And it's a mess when you go from uh, local to express and everybody's like 
zigzagging and whether you want to get over to the uh, side where you can get on nine and all those other things. Dude, I was just going to say, I live off 287 now. Like you guys know, it's like you come over that bridge going north and it's like you're putting your life on the line the way that divides up between nine, 287, up into Perth Amboy, pointing up towards all the Staten Island bridges. It's like, oh, yeah. That is a fucking. Yeah, real bad scene the way that that's all arranged this is what it comes down to and I've been doing it for years now like every single day of my life it's a time thing if you're in the morning commute with professional drivers people know how to commit to a lane and or know how much time they have in the fast lane to get to the turnpike or whatever if you have to get to the right like 287 and all those you know to stay right the whole time but then there's the guys that do like, or girls, do like the nine lane changeovers. Plus, it's always a crapshoot because every now and then they put a trooper there in the morning. And everybody's going 90. So if you get caught doubling the speed limit over going north, you're screwed. I just think, I'm like, I've, I grew up with it and I, I grew up driving in New Jersey. And I'm, I was a maniac on the roads when I was young, but I'm a pretty good driver now because I'm so used to it. I'm like, I get it. I know that when I'm going to 287, I get over to the right early because people are going to be flying anyway. So it's not like I'm going to be going super slow and you get over. But man, when we moved here and Hallie's like, oh, maybe I'll take the baby down to uh, see my friends in Point Pleasant for the day and drive it back up. I just think of her on that bridge. I'm like, if you're not from here and you don't know what the fuck happens when you come north over the Driscoll Bridge, like <laughs> you gotta you gotta have nerves of steel on that thing, man, because there's gonna be people acting like psychos all around you. And uh, I definitely think about my family safety. Yeah, Mike T. Believe it or not, the eggplant one is still fucking with my head more than the Gotham City being the, in Cumberland yeah, County. I, both of those, those are the two that have gotten me the most. Eggplants in Gotham City. This is not what I think of when I think New Jersey. So this one, this is a double one. Per capita in the United States, which means per person, New Jersey has more punk bands and more horses than any other place in the United States per capita. Yes. Yes. Has to. Yes. Does that include like uh, wild Mustangs or no? Great question domesticated horses or wild horse the wild horses of new jersey as well i would say it includes any horse really okay no, i'm just saying out west they have the the you know wild mustangs and the problem with that this population true? blah 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 there's wild mustangs running amok in western new jersey <laughs> absolutely there's wild mustangs on route one <laughs> that's true too <laughs> if you really want to be disturbed about where your tax money goes out west to uh to support farmers to let their cows graze for free on federal land. I, uh, I, I think this is true. I mean, punk bands, I just want to believe in my heart that New Brunswick and Asbury Park alone are producing more punk bands mm -hmm. than most places. Um, and then all the bands that probably operate out of Philly and New York but can't afford to live there, and we technically get to lay claim to them as well. It makes sense to me. And then horses, it's like I'm living in, I live like right where Morris and Somerset meet. So I know I'm right at the beginning of horse country and it's a serious thing. People take that horse stuff seriously. And that's nothing. Really? Tons down there as well? That's nothing compared to Burlington County. 
Oh my gosh, everywhere. I mean, you get to like Somerset, Hunterdon, Mercer counties. I think there's a lot of people who are serious horse people. Drive through Burlington County. I think this one's very true. Mike D, what are we saying? Here? Plus, we're also the. Uh, I didn't make it. I didn't make a statement yet, but okay, okay. I would say for the punk rock thing, like Southern California. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's horses, and you're tricking us because you know we want the punk one to be so true. We're going to say yes, and you go, it's only horses. Maybe that's some cruel Mike Deep puppet master. Yeah, I can't do it both together. Not true. Okay, Nick is saying not true. I'm going to stick with my guns and say true. It is true. There are more punk bands and more horses per capita. I want to see the list of punk rock bands, please. Is it from like a certain time period? Listen, here's probably what happens. They probably give us every band that Mike Yerg's a member of, and just that right there. That's like 30 bands. If you count Mikey Erg as Jersey because he grew up here, right there, 30 bands currently active. The guy's in too many bands. I'm intrigued by him. I follow his like Instagram and everything else. And I'm just like... Great friend of mine. Great friend of mine. We were in a Smith's cover band together for a while. Dude, Jeff introduced me. He's probably too famous now. Mr. Frankly and the Shankleys. I was the lead singer. <laughs> I was Mr. Frankly. He was one of the Shankleys, as you could imagine. Is that a believe it or not? What? That you were in a, a oh, Smith's cover band true. with there's, Mike there's photo and video evidence of us playing. And it was, I'm going to say it too, it was a pretty good experience. Because it was nice. Because if you, if you know, if, if you, um, if you have come to believe that Morrissey is like a fucking raging problematic human being, you can still enjoy the songs with me belting them out and good old Mikey playing drums. And uh, He's playing Red Bank December 3rd. Oh, he is? Yeah, we should all go. Oh no, somewhere else. Uh, Newark, Newark, yeah, back and Madison Square Garden, I think too. Yeah, who is Morrissey? Oh, I thought you were saying Mikey Erg was Mike playing Eric Madison is. Square Garden. I was like, what? Yes, soon enough. You didn't know he didn't. He didn't give you the call. Like, that's a huge jump up from the fucking cheesequake. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's uh okay. Yeah. That's it has to be because of Mikey Erg. That that ups our punk band quota right there. Do you guys want to be in my oi band? What's it called? I don't know yet. Bonoi Dooch. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Bonoi Dooch. <laughs> Mike T, what's our next uh what's our next believe it or not? New Jersey invented the holiday of mischief night. Believe it or not. <clears throat> we sort of well, I've, yeah, it, Detroit. It, Detroit calls it Devil's Night. We got Mischief Night, Cabbage Night, and Goosey Night. What was the other weird one? We've talked about this on the show, that there's like some pockets of Bergen County and Passaic County that call it Cabbage Night, or and then you got Goosey Night. I think Don grew up in a Cabbage Night. I, I grew up firmly Mischief Night. If I remember right, this is a little bit of a trick question, because I think this is the only place where it lives on, but if I remember right, Cabbage Night was imported from like Holland, like Dutch settlers or something. Not a trick question though. This one will have a straight answer. I promise you. I'm just giving. I'm giving you guys a hint. You're, oh, you're gonna give us a hint? Well, no, that was the hint that this one is not a trick question. I, I think it. I think it was not invented here. I think this is the only place where it lives on. But I think it was an imported tradition. That's my final answer. Bonaduce. I'd say the same thing. It's probably imported and somehow. It just became part of a way for angry New Jerseyans to uh, lash out at their neighbors. Let's see what what do we think, Mike D? So 
Incorrect. Mischief Night was invented in New Jersey, and I will run this down. So <clears throat> I want the history. I'll give you the history. So the, the earliest mention of Mischief Night is from Oxford in 1790, but it actually occurred uh, the night before May Day. The first mention of it actually being called Mischief Night and occurring the night before Halloween occurred in New Jersey. So it actually became what we know as the modern mischief night in New Jersey on that date. So there was some other versions of this thing, other times of year related to different holidays, but the version of it related to Halloween and being called mischief night is firmly a New Jersey thing. And we are basically the only place that still keeps this alive from what I can tell. Wow. Dude, we invented mischief night in Italian ice. How does anyone talk shit about this place? Not reinvented, invented. I didn't even know until the last few years that like, most places in America, they grow up and they just don't have mischief night. That's the saddest thing in the world. It is. I honestly think growing up, I'm like... What's the significance, Mike? Dude? Like, what was the All Hallows' Eve? Like the Hold on, let me finish this thought, Nick, because I'm going to say something shocking. I'm like barely exaggerating. If you made me choose between mischief night and Christmas as a kid, I might choose mischief night. A day dedicated to destruction and getting your rage out of your system? My parents would never let me out on Mischief Night. My parents kept a close eye. They kept a close eye. My neighborhood, it was big, though. Until we were, like, in high school. My neighborhood, kids would get arrested all the time. You guys remember some of the kids from my neighborhood who became, you know, there were... Professional criminals. You, you guys remember... My neighborhood was, like, definitely, definitely the roughest around the edges. Probably, like, known as the trashiest section of town growing up. Um, but there were some legendary people you didn't fuck with who came out of that neighborhood. And a lot of those legends were built based on those people's behavior on mischief night. You kind of made your bones as a local fucking like gangster thug based on how crazy you went on mischief night. I can think of a few specific examples of this. One, one kid who uh, was in your guy's grade and he was friends with my brother. He lived in my neighborhood and he burned down Colgate Park was the thing. Word went around, oh, that kid burned down Colgate Park. And it was like, oh, what do you mean? Like a fence or like a tree? Like, no. like the shed? No, there was a raging inferno that, that was enveloping large portions of Colgate Park on mischief night. I'm going to tap his name. I'm not, I'll, you know, I'll type his name in the private chat. Don't say it out loud. And I feel like you guys probably already know who I, yeah, yeah. I I'm know thinking of. Is this... Is this the one, Mike, it's in the yeah, private yeah. chat. Yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody in town heard about that. I, I knew this. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody in town heard about that. He built his whole legend on it. That, and he got kicked out of- I don't even think I know him. He got kicked out of every public school and Lord's. He got, he got sent to the weird county school, that guy. It's on his LinkedIn profile. It's true. Yeah. It was like in ni 1993, burned down Colgate Park. Education. Got kicked out of Redwood. <laughs> got kicked out of Gregory. Got kicked out of Lord's. Got kicked out of St. Cloud. He was in your grade, yeah. Yeah, he was obviously he was in our yeah he was our age. Then. I think because uh, I because he went through Redwood and Edison with Greg, but I think he got sent to the county school he, for high school. He got sent to the board game school. Yeah, yeah, he got sent to the fucking play ping pong and pool all day school up in yeah. Caldwell. Man, we missed that. I think it was up in Caldwell. It was up by the bowling alley there. I think. I believe so. What was that? Bell. Yeah. Bell Air Lanes. It's a CVS yeah. now, just like everything else. Beller Lanes is a CVS. Pal's Cabin is a CVS. Oh, so depressing. Everything's a fucking CVS. Every memory you have now, it's a CVS. Where'd you have your first kiss? Oh, it's a CVS now. Lost your virginity at the CVS. All of New Jersey just happened at a CVS. 
based on modern architecture. Where were you on 9-11? Probably at fucking CVS. <laughs> Where were you uh, when man landed on the moon? CVS wasn't in existence yet, but now it's a CVS. That's where I was. All of New Jersey is a CVS. Oh. Or Walgreens. Or Rite Aid. We should do, I mean, listen, New Jersey is the world should be sponsoring some sort of Mischief Night event. Let's talk about that. We should be trying to bring Mischief Night into the mainstream, man, up from the underground after all these years. Like I said, you guys have legitimate careers, um, so it might actually affect you. Mine is really faltering fast, though, so and okay. And I do this anonymously, so. If that happens, if I got caught for that, it, it might only make me uh, more infamous than I am already. What we should do is we should, for Mischief Night, we should we should get a ice cream truck, brand it, as a New Jersey in the world truck. And we should drive around and ring the bell in towns all over New Jersey. But when, when kids come running up, instead of handing them, you know, selling them ice cream, we should hand them mischief night supplies. I think that would be a great public uh, service. Rotten eggs, toilet like, paper, shaving cream, eggs, eggs, water guns filled with bleach and piss. Yeah. Bleach and piss. Don't forget the piss rocks. That's right. You got to mix it. See, there was a Seton Hall prep bus that used to make its way through the neighborhood before the West Orange High School buses. So we were all still at our bus stops and they would spray at us with super soakers full of their Catholic piss. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It was blessed by the, the priest. To, to be fair, it was holy. It was holy piss. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, I'm just going to say three quick words. I mean, Mike T, the idea of an ice cream truck, mischief night supply truck where kids for free can get, that is, that would be our childhood complete the mission would be complete the credits could roll on our childhood if we purchased an ice cream truck and used it to enable small vandalism based crimes all throughout north jersey and i would say if any business in new jersey would like to sponsor that what we can offer is our platform on the show but also i vaguely allude to sometimes but, but i'm a extremely competent marketing professional who has done hundreds of things like this and this would be one that i very much want to do so. i'm going to just say three words and i don't know exactly what they mean but i think they might need to happen and listen it's too it's too close to planet for this year but maybe 2023 i'm just going to say three words that popped into my head mischief night olympics we'll figure it oh. out Ooh. we'll figure out what that means maybe 2023 october 30th everybody keeps your eyes maybe we team up with lunar fair oh definitely that's a they're crazy enough we get them we get our friends at lunar fair they rent out the old jungle habitat we have so all sorts of egg throwing accuracy contests uh, all sorts of she signs some sort of waiver uh, lots of waivers shaving cream based chicanery toilet paper contests Get all kinds of mischief. The mischief night Olympics. That sounds like a plan. We and people can, people can build miniature dioramas of Colgate Park and light uh, them. And whoever has the best, you know, conflagration <laughs> wins a prize. Has the highest flame. I love that. Yeah, whoever can get it to burn the fastest. Wow. Okay, Mike T. How many more do we have on this? Um, I could keep going forever, but we'll, we can just do, do Let's do a lightning round, Mike, Nick. Let's me and you keep our answers quick. Okay. Just fast. We won't talk. Okay. Yeah. New Jersey has more towns than California. And a hint for this one though, California is eight times the size of New Jersey. So, so actual deserts and mountains in California. I'm going to say yes. 
Say yes. I'm going to say yes, believe it or not. You are both correct. Okay. New Jersey somehow yes. does have more municipalities than California, which is insane. And they got the Central Valley. It's like a massive pecan field for hours. Okay. Um, next up. New Jersey actually has, despite popular opinion, New Jersey actually has no nude beaches. False. I mean, Gunnison is in New Jersey. That's technically federal land, though. <sighs> So I think that's what you're in- insinuating here. Yeah, that's a technicality. Are we are we in technicality land? That was a trick question. Yes. So technically, Gunnison Beach, the only legal nude beach in New Jersey. You can make any beach a nude beach, as many people often do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's on it's on federal land, so it's technically not part of New Jersey. Okay. Okay. I caught you in your trick. You're your Wiley Mike D logic. I caught you. I'm fighting that one. That's where. That's a ridiculous argument. We got him. Even though it's federal land, it's still in it's still in New Jersey. We kept him honest, Nikki Bonaduce. Don't you worry about it. You did. You, you caught you caught me on a technicality. I was just trying we to bust him. chops, and I got caught. Okay. What else we got? Lightning round. It is connected to New Jersey. Um, believe it or not, the second most popular sea serpent in the world resides in New Jersey. Not because I think it's Champ from Lake Champlain, which is in New York. I think. That's the Finger Lakes. There's Chompy who lives underneath the uh, seaside uh, boardwalk. <laughs> what's your What's your vote, Nick? Uh, false. I think if you go by media reports, it's true because Hoppy, the Sussex sea serpent, the friendly sea serpent, has had caused multiple widespread panics f- since 1894. So I think that after Nessie, where does he live? Lake Hapakong. Yes, Lake Hapakong has been cited hundreds of times there. You said sea serpent. Yes. That's freshwater. Okay. Now we're debating what quantifies a sea serpent. We have to move on, guys. A kraken is a sea serpent. No, but that lives in... A kraken is its own separate animal, I think. Right? It lives in the ocean, though. Yeah, it lives in the ocean. That's like a deep water. It's more like related to a lobster. This is this is your Greek myth bias coming through again, Nick. Let's just everybody no way. move on. I don't want there to be All a right, fight whatever. about is a kraken a sea serpent or not. In the United States... New Jersey is the home of the most fresh water. Believe it or not. I vote believe it because I think this is another technicality. There's that giant aquifer Aquifer. under the Pine Barrens. So if you count the underground water, I've always heard that New Jersey is going to be able to withstand uh, withstand drinking water problems because there's this massive untapped pine barrens aquifer under there so i i think that it's true nick i'll say true because i know the other aquifer is being depleted in the middle of the country so anyway it is true but that kind of blew my mind because when people think of fresh water they do not think of new jersey no but that is the largest freshwater aquifer is underneath the pine barrens um although i don't know how much we should publicly say that because when the apocalypse comes we will need to defend that aquifer listen i think we need to also start thinking about what's the best ways for us to start illegally tapping into that aquifer right now transporting some of that water to uh locations where it can be stored for our families we'll just get a shovel and a couple of empty pollen spring jugs that's all we need i think we need to get we need to buy like an old gas truck or something with a hose be like mad max an old an old hess truck exactly get an old hess truck drive it around tap that aquifer they go to get it they don't realize we already got it we already emptied it <laughs> if you need water you come see us 
premium price. Start capturing your rainwater, which is like illegal, I think. Really? To capture rainwater? Weird. Okay, mm-hmm. Mike D, what's next? Let's do a few more. Okay, this is going to be actually the, the, this is going to be the final one. Okay. And I think it's a little bit tricky. Sure. Every county in New Jersey, by statistical standards, is considered an urban county. Believe it or not. I believe that is true. I think I have read that before. And I think part of it is that we're, well, we're part of the megalopolis that's like stretches from Boston to Washington DC. And that when you, when you consider it from a macro view, New Jersey is like uh, culturally all of it is, is city. I've, I've read this, but I've never totally understood it. It's so matter of fact, and the way Mike D says it, I'm going to say it's true. It is true. Of course. That by, by population density, even the most rural parts of New Jersey are considered urban spaces. Actually, I'll end, I'll end with one more. The official dance of New Jersey is square dancing. Believe it or not. True. I think that is true. I think I've seen that before and have gotten angry about it. Strangely, that is true, which I have never seen anyone square dancing in New Jersey. I'm telling you, it's big down here. And I'll tell you what, too. My family used to go square dancing in the basement of Washington School in (laughs) West Orange, New Jersey. That was like an activity they used to have back in the 80s. And I remember once or twice going, some of my earliest memories, they had square dances in West Orange. What the fuck, man? Plus, like, um, when I lived in Weartown, it's like the mecca of, like, bluegrass and folk music for not just New Jersey, but, like, regionally, like, this this area, like, from New York down. It's wild. Mike D., what a well-constructed episode. Good one, Mike D. I, I don't remember half the things I said. I think uh, apologies to Princeton University. I think I might have gone pretty hard back there for a while, but the, just the mention of the word Princeton can every once in a while send me into a... Seething, seething rage. What's your alter ego, Chris? Maybe Framsky. Maybe Framsky still lurks somewhere deep within my soul. There you go. Ooh. He only comes out when you get within three miles of Princeton. It's true. Yeah, man. It's true. And he manages to relax in the record exchange, but the rest of that town really drives him nuts. You're okay on the dinky, but once those doors open, <laughs> all bets are off. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Mike D, for all the wonderful believe it or nots, and uh, everybody out there. Did you know about the eggplant? I didn't know about the eggplant. Did you know about Gotham City? I didn't know no, about Gotham City. It's crazy. What are the things that blew your mind? We want to know about it. Let us know on the Patreon. Let us know on the voicemail line. 973-780-4660. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you rob the dinky, please call us first. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Cop, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Cop, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973 780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. 
If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the world, where New Jersey is the world.